this is the first installment of our Adaptive DCP series. These are coming from social media posts that I have done and looking at these different things, but we are now converting them to an audio format to just make it easier because reading Twitter threads or long Instagram posts doesn't always go well. Uh, so the first one we're looking at is theory-induced blindness. Uh, and what this is by definition is an adherence to a belief about how the world works that prevents you from seeing how the world really works. In short, while having beliefs and philosophies are great, you have to be careful that they don't stop you from continuing to grow, evolve, think again, and really take into consideration that things don't always remain as they are and that there's always change coming. And so really one of the things uh, that I have had personal experience with, actually these first couple, is you know going to a course in convention, you learn something new, um, and you definitely want to implement that immediately, and that's all good. Uh, I remember my first uh, is the specialized uh, soft tissue technique, uh, going to that. I remember leaving that weekend going, I am going to clear off my injury report. Uh, we're track and field cross country at the time. So I thought I was golden. Uh, this was going to be the game changer for me. And it was helpful, uh, not shocking to probably everybody who listens to this is it didn't fix everyone it didn't solve all the problems it really worked well for some didn't work so well for others still had a lot of other things to manage but ultimately it was good but i caught myself on a larger system of focusing way too much on just manual therapy and by that i mean soft tissue work uh and that was good to a degree but didn't always work and I think I lost a lot of time and created a lot of frustration uh, for myself and probably some of the patients I was working with by really only focusing on that area. And so finding a new tool doesn't necessarily mean it can fix everything and having options is the key really to helping figure out what works best on that evidence-based tripod or continuum whatever way you want to refer to that. Uh, the other example is just icing as an example. There's been a pretty big shift from what I can tell and just talking with people that, uh, you know, maybe throwing ice on everything isn't the best way to go. There can be a time and a place, and that can be an argument for another day. Uh, but if it is something that you just kind of did because that's what everybody asked for and that's what you knew, were you really doing the best option that you could were you holding on to a theory and just what you were taught and there's nothing wrong with doing that it's what you were taught um, but it's hard for academia to keep up with the changes that are going on on a constant basis in the practical and clinical setting it just research is too slow to keep up with it it's necessary but it's just slow uh, but then also you just run into it that textbooks don't get updated with that because it's hard to put a lot of stuff in there without the evidence and so just looking at ice as the example if you still use it again there's probably a time and place and it works for you it works for you if it works for the athlete it works for the athlete but is it really truly the best thing you could be doing and can you question as you keep going is could we do this better is this the best way to feasibly do something and i fully understand that there's 
time constraints and things that come into play there, and I'm not trying to question that, but maybe there are other options that you could explore just in your own setting that could really change the game for you and those uh, that you are caring for. Uh, leadership, just talking about this in general, being in a position of authority, uh, being over a team, is constantly requiring evolving and really not getting sucked into this idea of leadership is what people can do for you, but really focusing on what you can do for them. This Some of these leadership theories of, you know, the high and mighty, um, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, just because of that position of authority, uh, really is one that can be troubling. And that position of authority brings with it some, but it doesn't necessarily always bring it. A title doesn't automatically fully uh, bring followership or respect even. And so being sure that you're looking at going beyond, you know, a leader or a manager or that position of authority and a focus on what those underneath you can do to make your life easier, but what you can do for them and really focusing on it as a team. And we'll talk about this in another one down the line and just some different leadership uh, theories and styles and also uh, with verse four um, and different things there. But uh, really for the leader, it's on you to seek it out. Um, it's not fully and solely on the people that you are leading to come to you to tell you what they want or need. Because there could be a lot of barriers there that there's probably not nearly as many barriers going the other way of the leader going and talking to their staff or you know whatever it may be where you're really focusing on trying to find out what they need and what you can do to help them. Uh, more is being demanded of leaders. We've seen it a lot over the years and those positions aren't easy and they shouldn't be. Uh, they're very important, but if you can create that relationship of being with, working with someone, it's going to be wholly impactful to making things better for everyone and not this idea that, again, a certain position requires everybody to come to you and just serve you. So in wrapping up, there is a lot of good theories out there, and it's fine to have some go-tos. I think for me, uh, in my rehab and treatment plans, I've gone with this idea of uh, structured principles with flexibility. So having some go-tos, if you will, when it comes to treatment and rehab, that I know work, but being able to remain flexible in the utilization of those and different techniques and different ideas, even if they seem a little fringy, it's really been helpful. Uh, and that's something I've also tried to apply uh, with some leadership and just working with coworkers and colleagues uh, to figure out, you know, this is kind of generally how I think about stuff, but having that flexibility and listening to different things out there. But the main point is, is to not be blinded by a theory or a learning uh, that you haven't gone back and checked it. Because when you do check it, you're either going to strengthen it or you're going to be able to adapt it or find a little bit more 
um, of a way to help apply it. And that's going to all be useful uh, as it relates to just ultimately being better at what you do and help put you in the best case scenarios. Uh, with that, you're going to either strengthen, like I said, what you do, or you're going to be able to poke holes in it and then strengthen it up uh, or wholly change what it is. And that's all right as well. So uh, being open and evolving, growing, being willing to think again, it's going to serve you both as a clinician and as a coworker, a professional, an employee, whatever it may be uh, in that regard. But it's going to help you do what you do better. And it's also going to help the patients and the people that you care for and that you work with. I think just with how fast things change, there's not much uh, that is going to fully stand the test of time without some adaptation uh, in the world that we're living in today. And that could be another conversation for another day. So uh, this uh, was a short summary on the theory uh, induced blindness. Uh, I took this from the book, The Half-Life of Facts uh, by Samuel Arbisman. Uh, really interesting read. We'll have a link to it in the show notes uh, in the description if you want to check that out. Uh, kind of an interesting take on how facts sort of live in our world. Uh, <laughs> it, again, very interesting. That's why the uh, book intrigued me uh, in the world that we live in. But uh, ultimately, if you enjoy these, please let us know. We'd love to hear that uh, just to make sure that it's worthwhile. We thank you all for listening. Uh, can express our appreciation there. Uh, we hope people find it interesting, helpful, connect with other ATs uh, that are out there. Uh, if you want to be on, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you got a story to tell or a topic you're passionate about and you want to get it out there, uh, please let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to set it up. The episode is yours. It's very much no pressure. I will send along some ideas and some questions ahead of time to just give us a baseline to start from but you have full add edit and delete uh, control over that plus final say once the episode is recorded before we publish uh, the only thing we keep consistent is those same uh, questions at the end just to make sure that we're getting interesting answers from all of those so uh, we really again appreciate everybody listening uh, we'll be back with more of these uh, and then we'll be back with more episodes as we get moving into the rest of the summer so thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next one.